1: I'm Courtney Robertson, and I was the most notorious villain in Bachelor history. A lot has changed since then. I got married, and I'm a mom to two amazing kids. Every week, I'm going to be talking to other reality stars about what happens when the cameras stop rolling, and you have to figure out what to do after reality. Hello, welcome back to the show. It's Courtney here. Great episode for you today. I am really proud of this one. It is full of love and vulnerability with one of my oldest friends in Bachelor Nation. You definitely know who she is. We have a great catch up session. And like I said, a lot of vulnerability. I hope it helps some people. I actually shared something very personal to me that I haven't even shared with my inner circle or some of my closest friends. So, You know, I feel like if you are asking your guests vulnerable questions, you should do the same. So thank you for your love and kindness in advance. And guess what? Tomorrow is the premiere of Golden Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise, and I cannot wait. I just did a Game of Roses this week with Chad and Lizzie. If you haven't listened to it, we cover a lot. It was a fun conversation. We debated whether or not there'd be a villain on the Golden Bachelor 100% 100% hands down I think that there will be you've got this catch of a man and all of these women who know what they want at this point in life they're gonna go for the gold am I right and you know what I do hope it's a smooth season for Gary but I do love a little bit of drama and the villains are gonna vill. so I will be tuning into that as well as Bachelor in Paradise I just feel like it's been a while. Um, this off season has felt very long. I can't wait to watch uh, Braden Bowers and Kat Izzo and so many more. I think it's going to be a great season. So, tune into that. Hopefully, we can all stay up late enough to make it through both <laughs> both episodes on a Thursday night. What else we got? Ooh, I know. New Love Is Blind season five. They released five episodes. I'm sorry, four episodes. And they're going to be releasing three more episodes this Friday, the 29th. And I am going to binge watch them. You bet your britches. I power watched the first four episodes and it's such a great cast. Love that show. So if you're looking for something to watch, check it out. Anywho, let's get to our guest. She is lovely. She is wise beyond her years. She offers great advice. I sure hope you enjoy this episode with Sarah Heron. All right. Welcome back to After Reality. Today's guest was on season 17 of The Bachelor with Sean Lowe. She was also on Bachelor in Paradise season one and three. She's a wife, an outdoor enthusiast, an IVF advocate and warrior. Her strength and resiliency is inspiring. It's the one and only Sarah Heron.
2: Oh my gosh, you're the first person to call me a wife other than Dylan, like Congrats. to actually address me as a wife. So thank you.
1: How does that thank feel, you. right? You're not just a fiance anymore. Doesn't that feel so good? I know.
2: Yeah, it took some like getting used to, but now, yeah, I, I addressed Dylan as my husband to someone the other day and I was like... You know, we've been together for 7 years, so might as well start start using our titles.
1: That is so great. Well, um congratulations are in order. Your wedding looked incredible in my home state Arizona. You got Thank you. married at the seven, what is it? The mile 75 on the Colorado River to the love of your life, Dylan Brown and it's and you also just shared your um. You just did another IVF transfer, so this is a big, yeah. big month for you. Congratulations!
2: Thank you. I know so much going on. We, all, but I feel like we always have a ton going on. My mom is always like, "You have so much going on, and maybe you need to take something off your plate." But that's just kind of how we roll. Get married, do IVF, just you know, keep the plate packed.
1: I love that. You are like an adventure enthusiast. So, uh, yeah. and you're in Colorado right now, right? Yeah, we live in Colorado. Okay. Well, I've been, you know what we have, we are due for a proper catch up. I feel like with social media, like I feel like I know what's going on. Cause I've obviously followed you closely for years and we both lived in LA at the same time. Uh, we used to hang out with Alon. We would do the bachelor viewing parties in Santa Monica, which was feels yeah. like a lifetime ago, but was so fun. And then obviously we would like do charity events together here and there, but yeah just like a little girl catch up. So how did you meet Dylan? Yeah. I don't even know the story.
2: I know. Well, I do also just want to acknowledge, like we do go so far back and I, the like those days were the best. And I don't know if it's still like that in bachelor world today for people, you know, people that come off the show, but like back in those days, it was just so fun. Those watch parties and hanging out with you and all the charity events we've had. We've had a
1: riot. We do go way back. And yeah, it's just so I'm so glad to have you. I've been wanting to catch up with you for quite some time. I'm obviously new to the podcast game. But so I was asking you how you met Dylan. I don't even know. I mean, I remember you single and dating when we lived in Marina.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but
1: I want to hear how you guys met.
2: Um. Oh, gosh. OK, so Dylan and I met. Uh, about seven years ago, I was running my nonprofit, She Lift, and I was hiring a photographer. I was needing to hire a photographer, videographer to come document one of our first um, like program events. And so he came as a recommendation from a friend of a friend, and he was local to Aspen, which is where I was hosting this event. And so um, I hired him for the job and Uh, basically like, I don't know, just kind of immediately started to crush on him when he showed (laughs) up for the job because, you know, the line of work was, um, I was helping young women with physical disabilities learn how to ski and so just the way that Dylan was able to step in and be, um, patient and supportive and encouraging of these young women just kind of melted my heart and i was like okay he's hot (laughs) and uh, i think we went on a date our first date like that week and um we've literally been inseparable ever since
1: (laughs) oh my god my cheeks are hurting and were you living in la at the time
2: so serendipitously i was in the transition of moving from LA to Colorado. So he actually flew out to LA with me and drove back to Colorado with me, like with all my car full of everything. So, um, yeah, like I, it it just was, went from zero to 60 immediately. And then I moved in with him nine months later. (laughs) Oh my god. I kind of just pushed my way in well i would i'm
1: glad you did too i would say that that's a solid hire girl
2: yeah totally (laughs) i know and it worked out great because then we like were able to parlay our passions and our skill sets into this lifestyle together and we kind of had this whirlwind romance for a long time traveling the world and photographing and sharing the social media and um yeah i mean it was a it was an amazing you know, first several years to our relationship and now we're married and Mm -hmm. it just gets better and better. (laughs) Oh gosh. That just warms my heart. I just,
1: for every, anyone who's single out there, you know, just keep Mm -hmm. paddling. I was about ready to lose hope before I met my husband and much like you, it was like instant went on a date and then pretty much inseparable moved in two months later yeah and Yo, just, oh, two like, months yeah two <laughs> months later and i was like I, I just knew i loved him and i was like how am oh. i gonna tell i remember those days the early days when you're like just waiting oh, yeah. for the other shoe to drop
2: yeah yeah oh my gosh it's so funny because i think well i know i was the first one to kiss dylan and okay like, i went in for the kiss and he was like that was kind of fast and I was like <laughs> – You're like, uh, I, I was on The Bachelor. No, I literally did say – I was like, I come from The Bachelor. We have, we have to make moves. You have to use your time wisely. You got to – Yeah. <laughs> can't, can't sleep on it for sure.
1: Oh, gosh. Well, congratulations on your wedding. And it, you. it was just beautiful. I definitely want to hear more details on that. But I wanted to see if you're still – Are you still in advertising?
2: I'm not. No. Mm-mm, I left my – corporate gig when I started the nonprofit and then kind of did, you know, I was trying to make the nonprofit work while like supplementing here and there with like influencer work. And then I don't know, it kind of just all transpired into like, I wear many hats now. So I do like, I still do influencer work. I do marketing work, like consulting work. And I kind of just Do whatever I can to pay the bill.
1: (laughs) Oh, I I, same girl. Same. I've got to pay for the child care and yeah. uh, Is Dylan still doing photography, which actually works out Mm -hmm. great. I was looking at your Instagram and your photos are. I mean, obviously they're not on an iPhone, right? I mean, they're
2: perfect. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, he still does photo work, um, but we're we actually have a startup company together. It's more his company, but I'm helping it's uh an electric motorcycle company so very startup stage um that's what we're pouring all of our like free time and energy into right now and really hopeful crossing our fingers that you know we can help move the electric vehicle movement forward into the motorcycle space
1: oh my gosh i didn't even know that that was a thing that's incredible yeah. work that's like yeah Ugh, you're always doing good work, like she lift, and thank you. Ugh, and now you're just such an advocate for IVF mm-hmm. and the whole journey. And you just did a transfer, so
2: technically you have a baby in there right now. So no, 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 not yet. We just started oh, our trans- first cycle, which is confusing. It's confusing. Oh, sorry. Nope. No apologies. If you're not in IVF, I would never expect anyone to know how it all works. But we started the cycle, which means I'll have a transfer in like two and a half weeks. So soon, soon, you're close.
1: Uh, Oh my gosh. Oh, I've had very, so many close friends of mine, Sarah, some that you know that have gone through it uh, multiple times. And so, and I really appreciate your post that was like, this is what you should not say. And this is because you just, you you know, like in two weeks, everyone's going to be thinking about you. And what is some advice that you would give to
2: people to be supportive and- and not say the wrong thing i'm so glad you're asking that question because i think most people i should preface like everyone's coming with the best intentions right everyone just wants to support they want to know that um well mainly i think friends and family they want to like lessen your your pain or your discomfort and so a lot of times people will say things that might come off well-intentioned but like come off hurtful and you would you would otherwise not know and so that's why i try to advocate around like these are some helpful ways to support a friend going through ivf contrary to some of the traditional things we might do or say and so it's really important if you have a friend going through ivf the best way you can support her is to ask her how she wants to be supported rather than offering advice or offering suggestions of like just relax you'll get pregnant when you least expect it or when you stop trying have a glass of wine just relax enjoy it you know have fun Mm. um that's not helpful so instead you can ask your friend what is a helpful way for me to support you is it just listening is it researching is it coming over with a bottle of wine like you know let your friend be the one to say this is how i feel supported this is this would be really meaningful for me because you do kind of get barraged with everyone's unsolicited advice and sometimes it's just can be more painful and more overwhelming to try and like educate other people on how they should show up for you.
1: Well, honestly, I had a really close friend going through it and none of the transfers, um, Mm -hmm. stuck. And, and I remember I would, I wish I had that tip back then when she was going through it because I'd want to check in with her. And then sometimes I almost wouldn't call because I I yeah. knew like it was annoying to her, like some of the comments yeah. she's told me that other people would say. So I would kind of just let her come to me or even just shoot her text like, hey, I'm thinking of you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> no, that's so true. And because everyone is different, right? Some people do want to be really private about it. And um and sharing updates can actually just feel more taxing and more draining so really that's why i say like you should just check in with your friend because your friend is going to have her own unique way that she wants to respond and um not everyone wants to share updates not everyone wants to be checked in on so if you can just say hey how can i support you and then follow her lead is usually just the best rule of thumb
1: Well, I think that's going to be helpful to a lot of people. And it kind of goes across the board really on all things. I mean, you get married. It's like, you know, I did it in a different order, but a little personal story for me, I've suffered from two miscarriages Mm. uh, since January. And I'm I'm very, thank you. And it's totally not at all what you've been through or what you're going through, but I can relate because I've kept it very private to me. And Mm. I I get people asking me constantly, like like, right after it happened, like, "Are you guys gonna have another baby?" Or you know, and because people don't really know what you're going through, it almost adds insult to injury a little bit, you know, because you get so excited, and you get the positive test, and you feel all the pregnancy symptoms. You start thinking about like, "What do we need to do?" And then, yeah. So I definitely have experienced loss, and we're we're still trying for a a third, but um, you know, I just I enough about me.
2: Uh, I just wanted to, to oh, share I'm that. I'm sorry. And, and just to share like loss is loss and, um, something that I am really working on. I host actually a support group for women going through fertility challenges. It's called the infertile circle. And, um, that's just me trying to have a little tongue in cheek, like humor with it. Um, but it's a support group that we meet, um, virtually on zoom. And, um, but something that I try to, share with the women is a concept from Brene Brown, who's like one Mm. of my favorite authors and researchers. Yeah. And she talks about this concept called comparative suffering, which means basically like it doesn't do anyone any good if we diminish pain or suffering because compassion isn't infinite. Compassion and empathy isn't a pie. It is. It isn't a pizza where there's only so many slices of the pie to go around. Compassion and empathy continue to grow and evolve. So it's like when you say you haven't been through something as significant as myself, you know, I would I would just push back on that and say, but your loss is valid. Your loss is just as valid as anyone else's. You're gonna and make it me deserves, cry. <laughs> deserves deserves just as much empathy and. Um, And so I just encourage everyone to remember that, that loss is loss and, um, and there's enough love and compassion to support everyone through their loss.
1: Sarah, where can people find or join the (laughs) infertile circle? So impactful and helpful. Yeah. Where can people find that? Is it
2: on your website? Yes. It's on my website. Just Sarah Um, I also post it on my Instagram at Sarah but yeah, it's just a it's a small support group right now, and it's really special and meaningful. So if there's anyone listening going through um, fertility treatments or struggles, um, check it out because it's a great community to get plugged into.
1: Wow, Sarah! Yeah. Wow, I'm like, can I join? Um, <laughs> you can, yes, you can. <laughs> um, I Well, I wanted to ask you about, for anyone thinking about starting the IVF journey, that maybe Mm -hmm. that would be a place to join or find resources. Mm -hmm. Would you, I mean, I have so many questions because you've gone through the egg retrieval like three times, right?
2: Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. You are a warrior. I am so proud of you, Sarah, Mm -hmm. but it's so much to learn. And, you know, I love that Dylan has been right by your side every step of the way Mm -hmm. and all the needles and everything. Are you desensitized to that? Is there any advice (laughs) that you would give anyone who's maybe nervous to start the, the process?
2: Oh yeah. Such a great question. Um, I can understand, like it's a nerve wracking transition to start IVF, first of all, it's probably somewhere you never thought you would be. You probably never pictured this for yourself. And so it can feel overwhelming and scary. And there's grief with that as well. You have to grieve and mourn the the way you thought you were maybe gonna become a mother. And, um, but in terms of like the process itself, it's really not that bad um it can be scary I'm so happy to hear that yeah it's not that bad like I got pretty used to it you get used to pricking yourself with needles and if you're scared of needles have your partner help you but um it's really not that bad I think what's harder is like the emotional toll the physical toll is like piece of cake um But emotionally, you know, it's hard. You get so many feelings wrapped up in it. And then there's the waiting game of waiting to see how many eggs you got and how many turn into embryos. And I mean, IVF is just a constant roller coaster of emotions. And that's why it's just really important if you are going through IVF to to create a team of support around you, whether that's a therapist, friends, mom, dad, sister, whoever, but just like making sure you have a support team.
1: Oh, And such is life, right? I mean, they yeah. always say it helps when you stick together. And I, you know, you, Oliver Brown, uh, mm-hmm. the cutest name ever. When I saw I your post, Sarah, I just broke down in tears. Mm-hmm. And even mm-hmm. then I didn't even know what to write. You know, I'm like, I don't yeah. want to like this photo, but I want to su- support, You and I was just over the moon, and I love that you're like he swam with the turtles. I'm Mm -hmm. getting goosebumps thinking about it. So I am just so so sorry, Sarah, for your for your loss and for Dylan. And I'm so proud of you for just keeping on, and you know, with the IVF journey and that your outlook on it. I just listened to you on a Ben and Ashley Mm Eyes podcast, and you were so vulnerable. I'm proud of you for sharing that because I mean, I don't know that I I would be able to do that. But what you're doing is helping so many couples, not even just women, couples. yeah, yeah. It sounds you. like you and Dylan went to, I, I thought it was really interesting. You had grief counseling and I was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, like when I lost my mom was the first time I ever experienced grief in my life. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what it was. I'd be like, why am I sitting here in silence like all day, like looking off into the distance? And mm-hmm. I, I ended up getting a life coach and she's like, Courtney, you're grieving. Mm-hmm. Um, a different scenario than you, but you and Dylan got a grief counselor. Um, yeah. And would you say that that was very yeah. helpful, like the best thing that you could have done?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, we, so we started working with the grief counselor immediately. Like, I think the week we lost Oliver, I mean, it was like the first stop on the way home from the hospital. And we're very fortunate where we live because we have this amazing mental health resource center. And so she was free. And so we're like, this is an incredible resource that we're going to take advantage of and get in here. And I'm so glad that we did. We went a handful of times together and then also individually, which is really important because men and women and partners uh, grieve differently. Um, There's just some like biological physiological reasons we grieve differently you know the the carrying mother is going to grieve differently during loss than the partner is going to and so um i just think it's i think it's critical that couples who go through infant or pregnancy or child loss, definitely seek out counseling because we aren't, we aren't meant to know how to figure out to do how to do all this by ourselves. There aren't enough books in the world that you can read to prepare yourself for it and how to get through it on your own. So it's definitely, you know, I would say has like saved our relationship because there were times in grief where, you know, I'll just be honest. And Dylan knows this for those of you listening, he's sitting behind me right now. But yeah. like Dylan, I mean, I would be angry because we'd be three weeks after the loss and Dylan would be like back to work in the garage, working on, um, bikes. And I would just be like, I felt abandoned in my mm-hmm. grief. Like, how are you not here? How are you not as sad as I am right now? And, Um, And so we would talk about that with the grief counselor. And so that's why it's so important because it's like, otherwise, what do I do with that grief? What do I do with the anger if I don't have a way to communicate it and let it?
0: In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer.
1: out. That is so inspiring. I feel like mm-hmm. anyone, a, a lot of people can benefit from that. And, you know, I've seen my dad go through grief. I've had ex, exes that yeah. have lost parents. And yeah. I will say that I've seen males go through grief so differently in the sense mm-hmm. that they just want to get really busy mm-hmm. and they stay very busy. And whereas, you know, women, like for me personally, I'd like to like kind of sit in my emotions and swim in them <laughs> yeah. yeah, and feel everything up front. And, you know, and for you, it's been gosh, has it been? It hasn't even been a year since Oliver passed.
2: No, it's been 8 months.
1: And and I'm sure grief, I mean, I know for me it's been 4 years since I lost my mom, but there's like triggers and I don't know if they gave you any tools to deal with that. Like it's just a, it's it never ends. It's a deep a deep deep cut.
2: Yeah. No, I don't I guess I haven't really learned too many tools yet for triggers but I can definitely attest to like you can be totally fine one day and then the next day the grief just hits you and that actually happened to me a couple days ago and I, I asked Instagram I was like what do you call this when like grief just overwhelms you and someone was like I call it hitting a pothole because you're just like driving along perfectly, minding your own business, everything's going good. And then you hit a pothole and it just like tanks and it just like <laughs> maybe a pop you a tire. Road. Yeah. And it <laughs> just throws you off road. And I thought that was a good analogy for it because it just pops up out of nowhere and you kind of just have to sit in it for a day. You have to let the grief do its thing. And yeah, it's. Mm it's yeah grief is of uh, i you know i've i've never really had to experience it um i'm so i'm so sorry about your mother and i've never you know really lost anyone super close to me um besides oliver so that was my first thank
1: you for saying that it's something that i kept yeah. very close to the the vest and everyone grieves mm-hmm. differently but it's much like the advice you gave with the ivf like sometimes it's like mm-hmm like you said on ashes, like you love talking about Oliver. Like I love talking about my mom and I just had met my husband and she passed away like two, two, three months later. So I went through this like tragedy and I was in a new relationship and he never unfortunately got to meet her, but I still to this day, like talk about her and it makes me feel good. And I, and I, I'm happy to hear that you're doing that as well.
2: Your yeah, mom. I think it's important. You, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I am. And, and that's the thing. It's like, it's important. We talk about, um, the people we've lost, even if they're babies, (laughs) like, even if Oliver didn't live on the outside world, like he still existed. And so any chance I can have to say his name and have other people say his name means a lot to me. So Mm -hmm. that's why I say, you know, like, I'm happy to talk about Oliver. I'm an open book. Um, And of course it's laced with so much pain, but like so much pride, just so much pride. And, you know, being pregnant with him was the best gift of my life so far. So how can I not talk about that with, without smiling? So,
1: well, you uh, you like you said, you went and swam with the turtles, you did all that stuff and you were (laughs) far along. And I was curious to see how your how you felt pregnant, like if you had symptoms or. Oh yeah. (laughs) Were you hungry, craving anything?
2: Um, well, I had a really kind of tough morning sickness period, but really were you throwing um, up
1: like nausea? Oh,
2: so bad for like, but it was, it was short. It was for like 10 days of just the worst flu of my life, kind of. And other than that, very uneventful, but (laughs) I did break my leg the same day I found out I was pregnant. Rio, walking Rio, your pup. Yes, walking Rio. And so I spent my first trimester on bed rest. So I don't really have a lot to like, like compare it to. I'm like, wasn't that bad. All I did was watch TV and eat food for the whole first trimester. (laughs) Oh,
1: that actually sounds like heaven to me. I remember with my daughter, she was born really early. Oh, I should say really early, but she was like four and a half pounds when she was born. They had to induce me because my fluid was low. And I was just, Mm -hmm. but but leading up to that, my doctor was like, Umberto, you got to tell her to relax. I was just very busy. I was selling real estate and I was literally like delivering keys, like the day before they induced me. Wow. And I did not relax, but I was like, man, I wish you would just tell me to be in bed rest. <laughs> that sounds yeah, like heaven. Right. I would love to just like binge watch shows and lay in bed. Oh, totally. that's so nice. Well, I know you opened up a lot about <clears throat> that experience with Oliver and, and the moment, you know, you got to do skin to skin and hear him. And I'm so glad Dylan had that moment as well. really appreciate you sharing and being so vulnerable with us and all the tips for IVF. I was considering freezing my eggs. And I went to my first appointment and I had my first date with my husband that night. And like, I, I swear, I was so nervous. And I think it was like expensive. I think the appointment was 300 bucks. And then that went towards like, whatever you decided to do. Yeah. I still think freezing aches might be a good idea for anybody. I know a, a lot of single friends of mine that have done it. Um, nice little piece yeah. of mine. And I was curious to ask about IVF and the financial part of
2: it. All the clinics are different. All the doctors are different. But there's like general costs. And then it matters what your insurance is going to pick up, what your insurance won't pick up. Some doctors are like private and so they won't cover insurance at all But you're, or they won't accept insurance at all. But your insurance might cover your medication, or it might cover mm. some of the monitoring. And so for me, it's been different because I'm seeing Dr. Amy, who lives in Northern California, and I live in Colorado. So I've been traveling to her for all of my treatments. Um, well, I should say all the procedures. Um, but I do all of my like monitoring and treatments and medication and stuff in Colorado, which insurance has picked some of it up. So. It's just kind of like, honestly, it's panned out differently every year um, because this year I met my deductible, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, I, my, my hospital labor and delivery was it in January. So I met my deductible very early on in the year. Um, So that was kind of, you know, helpful in some regards, but yeah, it's just insane. The cost is astronomical, but I will say this to anyone who's listening and I try to like give this PSA wherever I can. I went to a fertility doctor when I was 30 wanting to get information about freezing my eggs. I went through like their whole process of testing all my hormones. We looked at my follicle count and I was told that I was in pretty good shape. Like Mm -hmm. it was just explained to me that I was pretty much on track with someone my age. And I would make a great candidate for someone if I wanted to freeze my eggs. So I interpreted that as like, I'm in good shape. Like I don't need to freeze my eggs. I'm going to have no problem getting pregnant. So I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Also because it was like 10 or $15,000 to do it. I was just like, I don't want to spend that money. She's like, like, yeah. <laughs> like, can I get a credit card? Like, can I finance this? <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to pay for that. Yeah. So I was like, I'm just not going to do it. Well, then flash forward three and a half years later, when Dylan and I decided to try and start, you know, trying to get pregnant and I couldn't get pregnant. So I went back to my OBGYN and she repeated the same tests and was like, oh, no, you have diminished ovarian reserve. It's going to be near impossible for you to get pregnant naturally. And basically said like, you should just go straight to IVF right now. So long story short, what I'm saying now, two and a half, almost three years later into my IVF journey, Courtney, we've spent so much money. I couldn't even tell you, but like maybe ballpark figures, sixty dollars to $80,000. I'm not sure. Wow. <laughs> I don't want to know. Right. And so and so, like hindsight, you're like, wow, ten dollars or $15,000 four years earlier, mm-hmm. you know, compared to what we've spent now. So I just always kind of put that PSA out there. If you're considering it, if you're someone that's like, I really don't know how I feel about kids yet but maybe someday I would want to have kids, I would just urge you to um, find out more about your fertility health. Do one of those modern fertility tests if you want. They're super inexpensive or you can ask your OBGYN to run the panel for you. Just find out. Like Knowledge is power. Know what you're working with now, even if you're not sure if you want to have kids, just so that you can have a game plan and, and then you can make that decision later because it gets expensive. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing. Not and... to scare anyone. <laughs> no, but honestly,
1: Sarah, I thought it would be more than that. And, you know, I don't know, like California, and that's an interesting part of it, too, You're having to fly up there to, you know, I've heard good things about Dr. Amy, uh, but you're having to pay for airfare and other costs, et cetera. So, well, I'm proud of you. You are a warrior and thank you for sharing with everybody. That's going to be so helpful. I have so many friends that are still struggling and going through it all. And I just, I'm happy you're shedding more light on it because like, for me, I'm a little bit more private and Mm -hmm. we don't know what we don't know. And I think this will help a lot of people.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. And everyone is entitled to like be private about it if you want. Share if you want. Like there's no right or wrong way to do it.
1: I, I also love that you were open about your anxiety. And mm-hmm. I-, I know when you met Dylan, you are always kind of an adventure enthusiast, right? Like you were always hiking and doing that stuff. So then you met your match and Dylan. Yes. Did he just kind of amplify that? Because it seems oh, like it yeah. went next level.
2: Yes. I would consider myself like I was always – pretty adventurous. Like I like to hike and ski. And then I met Dylan, who's like a level 500. And it was just like, well, if I'm going to be with him, I guess I got to kind of keep up. And, you know, um, he's definitely pushed me out of my comfort zone in a lot of great ways. Um, Definitely expanded my horizons to new things. But a lot of the things I'm still like scared, very scared of. Um, So, you know, Oh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm blown away by you, honestly. <laughs> like I don't have a travel bone
1: in, or like a like a hiking bone in my body. And mm-hmm. I think as I've gotten older, my anxiety's gotten worse. And I know you did a yeah. post that it really helped me. You were like, gosh, I started experiencing anxiety like on hikes, mm-hmm. I believe it was, or maybe yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, if you have any tips for that, like for me, I just hate feeling trapped somewhere. Yeah. It's like if I hike for an hour, like if I'm ready to be done, I gotta hike an hour back. Yeah. And so if you have any tips, I like for example, you just did this incredible trip in the grand canyon and you got married your the pictures are just stunning and it seems like so you <laughs> the whole <So> me. <laughs> you i loved your picture of you sharing you had like dreadlocks at the end oh what God, was that no. like was it did you have anxiety at all or maybe that's not the right word but have you kind of overcome those feelings when you're in those kind of situations that was like how many days was that
2: Girl. Oh my God. Okay. Well, yes, many things here. We went on the Grand Canyon. It's a 16 day river trip, um, action packed. I mean, we're talking like the biggest whitewater rapids you'll ever experience Mm. in the United States. And then, and you're like self-guided, self-supported out there. And then we decided to throw an elopement into the Mm -hmm. mix. So it was like this adventure that was like beautiful and sentimental and our wedding. And then it was also like action packed. Like my nervous system is probably on the fritz because I was so nervous the whole time. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I would agree with you. I definitely would say my anxiety has increased the older I'm getting, mm-hmm. and so I started experiencing like generalized anxiety disorder when I would be out um, hiking. I would have like panic attacks, thinking there was a mountain lion oh, around my God. Same. me. Same like a bear. Just, yeah and um so i started i started seeing a therapist for it and um i'm still in therapy and i still have anxiety but you know we work on techniques of just like mitigating anxiety and like not putting myself into situations where i feel totally uncomfortable and checking in with myself like what's true what do i know to be true is there a mountain lion around me no um and just trying to kind of regulate the nervous system when I start getting really anxious and then also I am an advocate for um medication and using medication as a tool when you need it I think there's no shame um before we went down the biggest rapid of the Grand Canyon I took half a xanax because mm-hmm. I just was I needed to, I needed it and I don't have any shame in that like I was crying I was so afraid so you know I think, there's time and place, and in that time and place, I was like, "This is what I need right now to just kind of calm down." <laughs> so Aww. I did
1: it. I, I'm a advocate for medicine as well because sometimes my husband knows I experience anxiety, and I know mm-hmm. I worked with a like cognitive therapist, like you said. Like, there's not a, lo- a you know a mountain lion out there. I mean, that's. Yeah so well said it's like this like feeling of like the worst thing could happen (laughs) and sometimes it just comes out of nowhere and you're like what the heck I'm enjoying my hike or whatever but um I always tell my husband like you know I keep a little Xanax in my purse in case I have to crack the glass you know in in case of an emergency and honestly just knowing I have it is sometimes a peace my mind enough 100%.
2: I can't even, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I've had it for like three years. And I think this was the first time, like, out on an adventure where I was like, okay, I actually have to take this right now. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of time it's just like knowing you have a plan helps. And so, yeah, I think just like knowing you have, you can crack the glass if you need to, (laughs) or like knowing your exit strategy, knowing how you're going to like self soothe in those moments of heightened anxiety is is the best approach. Plus also I've found that like generally if I'm really freaking out about a mountain lion or a bear, it's because I'm stressed out about something else in life and that anxiety kind of like presents itself then in other circumstances. So
1: well, I hate that the truth. Usually it's like what it could be finances or a deal I'm working on. And it's just like kind of walking it back. And so, well, that's super helpful. And I'm glad it's just nice that people are talking about it more because I used to suffer in silence. I'm not even kidding. Like for the longest time, I didn't even share with my husband. Like, and now I can be like, even just sharing it, it takes the power away. Like being like, ooh, I'm feeling a little anxious, like yeah, you know. And he'll like rub my back, and when that happens, so yeah. how's Dylan? I mean, he just let's talk about how great Dylan is, your husband. <sighs> I, know, I mean, he's amazing. <laughs> just like like he just seems like the best fit for you, and such a good partner.
2: Yeah, he's pretty amazing. I mean, in my vows, I said i don't know where you come from <laughs> i don't know if you're like from a past life or another galaxy but dylan just i truly believe like he is in this life time uh, i i don't know like just with so much knowledge and compassion and understanding it's like really weird That's <laughs> i'm just Jen. like how do you know so much about things and um he's I'm very lucky. I love him a lot. and Well, he's lucky too. Yeah, he is. He's <laughs> yeah, We're good for each other. And um, it's it's really amazing to be with someone that like you can talk about everything with.
1: That's your best friend that yeah. you're also making babies with. And yeah. I'll be holding all the positive thoughts for you. And I, I really appreciate your honesty and sharing all this with us. And what's next for you guys? I know you guys had talked about buying a house. Are you guys still on the search or is just interest rates just too depressing?
2: Oh my gosh. Well, are you still doing real estate? <laughs> I
1: am, yeah. Okay,
2: so um, we look every single day, every single day. Um, we do you have a realtor? Move. We do, we okay, do. Okay, great. Um, We would love to move. We'd love to, no, we'd love to stay where we are, but we'd love to buy a house. Um, But where we are is just- astronomically expensive and interest Bye. rates are so oh that's your cat
1: yeah sorry he's gonna hit
2: the <laughs> mic that's my cat <laughs> well interest rates are crazy they're so high and they're saying so, they
1: might go back up
2: uh, yeah don't tell me mm. so we just resigned our lease for another year on our apartment and you know we're in a great place we love where we live we're in a great apartment Um, we We can always break your lease
1: too. If you find the right thing.
2: Oh yeah. We can break our lease and they would have someone in here in a split second. So yeah, I don't know. We would love to buy, but I don't know what the heck to expect.
1: Well, I would say, keep (laughs) looking. Don't get discouraged. Like me even saying that interest rates are going up, they might go down. We don't have a crystal ball. I have first time homebuyers I'm dealing with that are like in the lower like qualified in the lower range mm-hmm. and I and it's it's pretty competitive for them cuz a lot of people are qualified in that range. Yeah. But I won't bore you with my real estate mumbo jumbo, but if you ever have any questions, I would say look at coming soon's, super easy to be the first one in. I don't know how the laws are in Colorado. I would have a buyer intro ready and uh-huh. introducing yourselves. There's you'd be surprised a lot of sellers have a sentimental value to their home mm-hmm. and just if you, there are multiple offers just getting like to in, an, an, an introduction to you and your story whatever it may be yeah. can re- really sway Okay. And And your favor. Have you ever
2: watched The Bachelor? Yeah. Would you like to have a former Bachelor contestant living in your home?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, exactly. And you got to soup it up. Like I walked in (laughs) and this is the one and it was like, I'm married. Like I can't, I could see our kids here, you know, which you will. I mean, eventually you're, you're gonna need more space. So Mm -hmm. I know. Uh, So exciting, Sarah. And then I (sighs) lastly, uh, I know you were, I followed you. You were going to do the prosthetic arm. Is that, are you still going to do that?
2: I'm actually jumping off this podcast to go to my appointment to get my prosthetic arm. It's finally being delivered. It's, taken a really long time to get here. Well, I remember
1: you posted about it a long time ago and I just thought like, well, I wonder what happened with that. If it just washed out to sea, but
2: (laughs) no, I'm getting it today. I'm finally picking it up. And then we've just been like making adjustments to it and stuff. And then I'm also getting, um, a, a second one that's specific for like riding a bike, because I think that's probably like the use I'll use it most is riding a bike. I'm also getting an attachment for it to hold a ski pole so I can use it when I'm skiing this winter so I think like that's the use I'm looking most forward to is like being able to do some of these sports and activities that um I haven't been able to do with two hands before
1: they you are a boss. I have ne- <laughs> I've never skied. I mean, I can't even imagine skiing. That surprises me. Oh my gosh. No, I actually know I shouldn't say that. I did ski once and I yard sailed like all the way down at Big Bear, but I heard the snow is not so good at Big Bear.
2: No, Big Bear uh, is horrible. <laughs> I like
1: literally on my ass, the whole like poles everywhere, shit was everywhere. Wow. Oh. Well, congratulations, Sarah. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I hope it I hope it feels comfortable for you. And
2: yeah, thanks.
1: And where can people find you on Instagram? Um, and and your website is incredible by the way so you can Um but yeah what's your instagram handle where can people follow along
2: instagram is just at Sarah Heron, s-a-r-a-h-h-e-r-r-o-n and that's kind of my handle on everything fortunately i oh lucky it in. yeah so. <laughs> are you gonna change your name i'm not changing my name no um, Bravo we, it's a lot of work yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of work and I just um we I I said the other day I was like well when we have kids you know I'll put my name as Brown in like the school directory and someone was like do they still do school directories Sarah and I was like Sarah oh. that is so old school <laughs> I know maybe they don't do it but like when I was a kid you know my parents were divorced but my mom kept my dad's name for the school directory and so that's just like what I remember but um <laughs> so Now keeping my name it'd be cool if Dylan wanted to change his name but I don't I don't think he will
1: because sometimes the guys it's like the pride you know
2: yeah Dylan Aaron oh. Dylan Heron. Oh. I don't know Dylan Brown probably sounds better
1: that's a really that's a foxy name yeah
2: (laughs) well I better let you go to your
1: appointment thank you so much for your time and of course I loved catching up with you we needed that
2: I know thank you Courtney I miss you and I love you and it's like so good to see your face and just hear your voice again
1: oh you too please let me know if you're ever in Arizona or the Grand Canyon oh obviously that was different but I probably won't meet (laughs) you at the bottom of the Grand Canyon but Sedona I'm down
2: okay yeah for sure. I would love to
1: see you all right
2: Sarah bye Courtney all right
1: that's our show thank you so much Sarah Heron for coming on and sharing your stories and all of your lovely advice everybody go give her a follow you can follow along her journey can't wait to see what happens next for you girl and enjoy the golden bachelor drink every time somebody says pickleball until next time I'm your host Courtney Robertson and this has been after reality